Welcome to Giving Connected, presented by Paisa Giving. We're happy you're able to join us today. Giving Connected was created to bring awareness to great nonprofits around the country. All right. Hey, everyone. Today we're joined by Daniela Boiso with Trees, Water, and People. Um, she is the Community Relations Coordinator. Um, hey, Danielle, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing really well. Um, as we dive in, you know, uh, we'd like to kind of start off by um, getting to know the person we're interviewing and just kind of intru- introducing our listeners to you. So if you could just tell us about yourself, where did you grow up? Uh, what did you go to school for? And, um, you know, how did you get involved with working in nonprofits? Sure. So, again, thank you for having me. It's It's great to be here. Uh, So I'm originally from Colombia. I grew up in Bogota um, and I moved to the U.S. when I was around 12 or 13. Um, And growing up in Colombia, I had a a huge passion for the outdoors. Um, And so that kind of ignited my environmental studies uh, passion. And so then I moved to Miami, to Florida when I was when I was 13, finished my school. Um, and then in college, I was doing environmental studies, uh, bachelor's of science. And after I finished that degree, I said, well, I need to do something else. I need to be out into the field. I want to go back to my roots. So what can I, what can I do? And so I joined the Peace Corps <laughs> and I ended up in Paraguay, South America. And that kind of brought me back to, to my roots like I wanted. Uh, but it also kind of gave me the sense that I wanted to do when you, when you do the environmental field, you could go either way. You could go government, you could go nonprofit, you can do private, you can do foundations. So I wasn't sure which path I wanted to take. Um, I had been working in a university during my, my studies as an intern. And so after the Peace Corps, when I got immersed into community development and working with local people, that's when like my light bulb went up and I said, hey, I want to work for a nonprofit. This is the type of work I want to do. I want to work with people on the ground. So... After the Peace Corps, I came and I moved to Colorado, where I got a master's of science in conservation leadership. And that kind of gave me that social science lens and expertise that I needed to do on the field work and kind of understanding social and environmental behaviors. And and I finished that program. I did my master's thesis in Belize. I worked with fishing communities there. And I got back and the only nonprofit that was doing work in Latin America where I was, was Trees, Water and People. So I talked to the director for a few months. I was job hunting, applying to a ton of jobs. And then I finally landed an internship with with them in 2018 um, as a bilingual development intern. And so I was helping the international director um, doing grants and research and a little bit of project um, investigation and then they offered me a job in 2019 in March. So I really kind of, it was an, it was an incredible path. Um, I did a lot of community work in Paraguay, also Belize when I did my master's and now here, and now I get the pleasure, we'll, we'll dive in deeper, but now I get the pleasure to be immersed into this amazing nonprofit and it's right where I wanna be. So that's kind of my path to, to how I got here. The perfect segue because let's talk about the actual nonprofit, yeah. right? <laughs> Tell us about Trees Water People. Yeah, it, 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 yeah I think absolutely. it's it's a it's a really awesome nonprofit. And I think um, let's let's talk about the, what the main focus is. You know, who it helps and kind of where it's located. Absolutely. So we are located in Fort Collins, Colorado. We're a small nonprofit. We have a staff of thirteen, <laughs> so we're pretty small. 
Uh, but TWP was founded in 1998, so we've been along. We've been here for a long time, um, and it was uh, founded by uh, Richard Fox and Stuart Conway, who basically saw a need, or when they were working in Central America building cook stoves, they saw the amount of deforestation that was going around in the area, and so they decided to open this this nonprofit as well as uh, Jenny, who was Stuart's wife. They were both Peace Corps volunteers in Guatemala, so they kind of had that background of community development and they opened this amazing nonprofit. And now we do conservation work in Central America and with tribal lands here in the US. So kind of our, our, our main mission is to allow people to gain capacity and knowledge that they already have um, and find a way to, for them to best protect their natural resources where they are. We're kind of a bridge between local partners and communities. We we don't like the top-down approach. We do the bottom-up conservation approach, which I'm sure people hear that term all the time. Uh, but really, the stars here are the the communities and the local partners. They're the ones that know best. They're they they're the ones that know their needs. Um, so we kind of serve as a support network um, to give like expertise or write write grants, um, meet with our partners, and talk about project ideas and implementation and then monitoring and evaluation. So we're kind of sitting on the bleachers <laughs> watching everything happen um, because really the ones that do all the work are our local partners, um, both nationally and internationally. And um, how can we create these superstars in our communities so they become leaders and then kind of pass on that knowledge and expertise to future generations um, and they don't have to leave their country. So, so that's kind of what we do if that explains it in a way. Um, our website kind of gives you the the top-notch description of, of what we do particularly, but we do everything from reforestation, food sovereignty. Um, we do cook stoves, which is like our highlight for international. We do solar suitcase education for national. Uh, what else do we do? We do um, different kind of eco-technologies in each program. So like latrines and the solar suitcases and the cook stoves and water catchment systems. So kind of giving local communities the proper tools to be sustainable, but also prepare for climate change. You know, they have to prepare for hurricanes, like the ones we just experienced in Central America. So how can they have the resources that they need locally and how can they live more sustainably is kind of our, our goal, right? So, so we do that through various different projects and it varies by region, it varies by country, um, and also wanting to keep that culture and that identity intact so that we don't come in and say hey this is what you need to do but we kind of come in and say tell us what's going on how can we improve this you know how can we work together yeah and um, i think that's you make a great point right we've talked to other nonprofits, and it's not like we're coming here and taking over them and we're telling them how to run it and what's the best way to do it you like you just talked about you taking that approach of you know they need some assistance to kind of get going and they kind of push and we give them a little help but they're yeah, the it's like, key founders of kind of making that change right yeah it's like they you empower the people to make the change that they and the, need yeah. within their own community and it's truly awesome and i think she makes another good point is that there's so many projects we would spend here all day talking about how <laughs> how much it is so i think it, it really people should just go to treeswaterpeople.org um you know there's a section that they have it's our projects and you can click on each one you know she talked about a couple of the cook stoves and reforestation and renewables and rice challenge. Um, so there's a lot of cool ones that you just click on. You can read about what they do and kind of see pictures. Um, and it kind of gives you a really, really good view of, you know, what they're specifically doing. Right. And I, we oft, I often say like, you know, when you get that picture in your head, that image of like who you're helping, right. 
because um, when you say, oh, you know, for me as well, when I when I think about, oh, we're helping people, it's different versus when I see a picture of some of the families, some of the the people, some of the areas. It's it's a much much more feel. Um, kind of kind of going to some of that, you know, we we've often, of course, we've seen the challenge of COVID has become the one of the biggest things that any nonprofit has faced. Um, kind of speaking of how COVID has impacted you, um, some of the other challenges that you see. Um, what are some of those? Yeah, I mean, primarily we are a very relationship-based uh, organization. So we are always going down to the field, checking in with partners, um, visiting communities. Um, we know our partners extremely well. We love being in the field to kind of see it ourselves. You know, once you put it on paper, it's diff- it's one thing, but once you go see it, it's 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 mind blowing. So that that limit limitation to travel has really made it hard for us, especially in the international program and also national. Um, but it's it's just been difficult to to go down to Central America. And then in terms of our partners, they've also had a hard time. For example, when when COVID first hit, we had a huge campaign called ETA or sorry, Adelante campaign, where we wanted to help communities with basic food, you know, anything, any supplies that they needed, because a lot of these communities, which are rural, could not leave the communities to go get basic foods or basic needs because everything was closed, everything was shut down. Um, so ways that we did that was sending them basic goods, sending them seeds where they can grow their own food. They don't have to leave their community to go out into a supermercado and go grab, you know, corn and beans and rice. Um, so that to us was like a, a shocking experience where we were like, how could we adapt what we've been doing? You know, a lot of our projects got moved away because we needed to adapt to the, to the cases of COVID and the basic needs and the urgent need that people needed. So that campaign really took off and, and our partners even put themselves in danger visiting these communities, not knowing, you know, what are the cases there? Are we allowed to go in? We're putting ourselves in danger. So we were nervous of, oh my God, how can we create impact? But we just, we can't do it in person. We can't be there. So that to us was extremely hard, but like I said, and I can't highlight enough that our partners are the superstars in, uh, in, in everything that we do because they put their lives in danger and they, they were the ones that went out on pickup trucks and buses and distributed a bunch of seeds and food for, for rural communities that really needed it. Um, and the same here for tribal lands, we distributed meat and canned goods and foods because their, their reservations were also closed, right? They weren't letting anyone in and supplies, as you know, and food was running really low. So that to us was kind of like a, wow, we really have an incredible team on the ground. Like even, the, I mean, even though we can't go see it and visit, they got this, like they're, they're on it. So that's been probably the hardest. Um, and I think on the bright side, it has allowed us as an organization to adapt and change a lot of our marketing, um, social media networks. How do we engage with donors in an era where you can do face-to-face? Um, how do we reach, you know, from the elder generation to the younger generations? You know, how do we capture our donors? How do we keep them there? So we learned a lot as an organization how to shift and adapt to different ways of working. And I mean, our, our team is great and we're all very diverse and have a lot of different skill sets that we kind of just blended together and, and somehow made it work. Um, and we've been doing really well despite COVID in terms of donations and support. People have been incredible um, because they see it, they see the effect. Um, so I think that's, it's also brought some good things, um, as an organization. 
Oh, that's really awesome. So you've mentioned a couple of times now the partners that you guys work with. So obviously you guys are partnering with other organizations. Can you tell us about those organizations? You know, um, how do they, how do you partner with them and how do they support you guys? Yeah. So for each country, let's say I'm, I'm going to give an example, Central America for each country, we select partners based on a expertise, but also trust. We've, we've had these partnerships with partners since the beginning of trees, water and people uh, it's inception. So we've known them for years um, and depending on the projects that we're implementing, we kind of, you know, say, Hey, I've heard of this organization that does cook stoves or, Hey, I heard of this, you know, village or organization that is doing reforestation in a reserve or so each of our partners has kind of been there from the start. And then we've had new ones recently that we've heard through the grapevine of people just saying, Oh, they're awesome. And I think they would fit really well with your mission and your organization. So currently we have a few in Central America. We do in Honduras, we have one. Um, that does great work with um, cook stoves and training local people on how to build cook stoves. So both women and men are becoming maestros fogoneros is what they call them, which are people who actually build them and then pass that knowledge on to other community members. And then they're the ones that go out into communities and build those cook stoves based on their training. Um, so what we do is we provide the funding, we work with the local partner, local partner distributes the materials and then the maestros fogoneros build it, right? And it creates job security. You invest in rural economy. So it kind of creates this amazing opportunity. Uh, in Guatemala, we have Uchiche, who's been with us for about 12 years. And they're um, an organization that works with indigenous communities. And they're actually a powerhouse. They do everything from legal work to gender-based violence now with women. Um, everything for reforestation, protecting forests, watersheds, doing food sovereignty projects. So they're a powerhouse um, and, and we've been working with them for 12 years. And then Nicaragua, we've had, we've had new partners um, come come up. Um, one more partner in Honduras as well through through a visit or like a, you know, same thing. It's like, hey, I heard about this and they need this. Can you guys kind of communicate and see if, if something can come out of this organization or partnership? So it kind of varies by country. Um, every country is different. Every partner is different, um, but they're all so capable and incredible and hardworking that it really makes our job easy to work with them. Um, and like I said, we always go to the field every year, three to four times a year, we're down there and we have a regional manager who lives in Central America. She's the one that is in charge of checking in with partners, making sure everything's going well. So it really is a face-to-face -face organization um, so it has been really hard with COVID not being able to go down there, but we've made it work and it's been incredible. Yeah, that's really great. It's good. Glad that even in, it's good to see that even in the midst of like the pandemic and stuff, you guys have been able to grow, uh, you know, financially be stable. And then also, um, from the standpoint of being able to impact these communities, still be able to find a way to like shift or, you know, pivot and impact communities that, um, you know, you guys are working with and find partners to work with even in that. Um, so for our listeners, um, what's the best way that they can get involved with Trees, Water, People? Um, you know, what's the best way for them to support you guys, whether that's financially or just um, even if like volunteer or anything like that? Yeah, that's a great question. And thank you. We we have various ways where people can get involved. So obviously you can become a donor, right? You can donate you can become a monthly donor where you donate a certain amount every month. You can become a corporate partner. Um, you can carbon offset your company through us by reforestation or, or the different projects. 
Um, one of my favorites, which unfortunately we still can't do um, this year is, um, as you know, part of my other role is a TWP tour specialist. So Trees, Water and People has a separate LLC called TWP Tours. And that little company allows us to take donors or anybody who wants to join to go to the countries where we work and show them what, we're, what we've been doing to meet local partners, meet local community members and leaders, see the projects themselves. We take them around those countries and see other sustainable projects. Um, they learn about the history of the country. They go to like indigenous communities. And so it's, it's probably for me, the most impactful way to get involved is for you to actually go see it yourself, right? And kind of go off, off that beaten path. It's not like your typical, you know, touristy trip. It's, it's, a, it's, it's an impactful trip because you're, you're meeting who we've been working on for years um, yeah. and you stay in rural communities and you, and you eat the food that they eat and you talk the language, you yeah. listen to the language that they speak. And it's just an incredible opportunity. So yeah. we've been taking um, uh, tours since like 2017. Um, and we even do tours to like Mexico and Cuba. Those are like custom tours, but now we're doing tours as well nationally with student groups. And, and that also has created a huge impact because with native tribes, there's so much untold history that these kids don't learn about in school that when they go see it themselves during a trip, they're like, oh my God, I had, you know, I had no idea this was happening or that this even happened because you don't, you don't learn about it in school. This is un untold stories right. of Native Americans, right? So, and they hear directly from them. So it's, it's very impactful. And I think it's one of the ways, the best ways to get involved is to actually get the chance to travel and see this. Um, and so most donors that go to trips with us are like, I love that I'm investing in this. I love that I'm supporting a project like this because I now understand where they're coming from and where you guys are coming from and why you're doing what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and why we want to stop people from leaving the countries where they are. You know, we want to try to halt or like prevent migration of younger generations. And so their wheels kind of turn and they're like, Oh my God, I, I had no idea this was all happening. Um, so that's a great way to get involved. Um, but then again, you have your, your typical, you know, monthly donor, you can make donation for a specific project or a specific program. Um, so all of that information is on our website. And of course, we are more than happy to, if people call the office and they want to talk about a specific project, we are more than happy to do that as well. Yeah. And seeing the projects is really that's kind of kind of you yeah. see it and you kind of want to then kind yeah, of really think, want to give. Uh, I think that's like really impactful. Like if you donate and then you partner with you guys through from a financial standpoint, but then you're actually able to go out and see, mm -hmm. okay, this is where like the money that I donated is actually being used. And then like to be kind of like immersed into the, those communities and see like, okay, this is the real world impact of what I have donated and what I'm supporting. I think that's like definitely can be more, Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It hits you just, harder. Yeah, yeah for sure. Then just harder. like donating money, hitting send on money, yeah. which like that's impactful too. But I think it's like the combination of the two that like fruits of your yeah. your donation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of a question, kind of a little bit different, but you know, we've we often had the question come to us. You know, um, you know, for the people you talk to, what what experience with your experience of you know joining a nonprofit, um, what tips or advice would you give to other people who want to work in the nonprofit industry? Um, those who want to kind of get better in it or who want to kind of just take, maybe they're working at a regular, you know, for-profit company and they kind of want to take that next step into a nonprofit. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, the, the 
and it's hard with COVID right now, but I always tell, I, I join mentor programs at CSU and I kind of help students who are also interested with nonprofits. And I always tell them like, try to get yourself out into the field and get that sense of, depending on the nonprofit you wanna work for. But for me, I knew that community work, community development work was important. So I got myself into the field. I went to communities. I went to, you know, apply to a master's program that had field work in other countries. So I think like trying to get yourself all the skill sets under your belt before graduating and, and, and applying for a nonprofit, I feel like is, as you know, it's super powerful. I wouldn't have gotten this job, I don't think, if I did lived in Paraguay for two years and they went to Belize and did this and, and had the language as well, or like the knowledge and the kind of like the holistic view of, of other developing countries, right? Because depending on what you want to do, it's it's something that you definitely appreciate is somebody who's been out there and seen it, been out there and, and had an ex a similar experience to a nonprofit, but not really. So like the Peace Corps, for example, was like the perfect example for me. Um, but also for for applying to nonprofits, I think the most important part is making sure that your values tie well, tie in with that nonprofit. You know, that nonprofits are so passionate and they're so, they're generally small. And the people you meet in nonprofits are like all about that, you know? So I feel like something that sticks to you and your heart and your values and what you want to make the best out of, I think it's probably the biggest thing that drives nonprofits is heart and passion. Um, and so I feel like people who we have in our team are all about it, you know, from, from the marketing development to field technicians, they all kind of care about the same thing. Um, and so I, I always reiterate that to the students. It's like something that makes you happy. The work culture is super important. Um, if you have a language or a culture that is gonna, you know, be highlighted in this work, then even better, because you can be yourself. Um, kind of come out of your shell. Um, and again, anything that feels right. <laughs> I yeah. feel like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's something that, yeah, you could have all this field work and expertise and tools, but like, is it actually tying in with who you are and what you believe in? Because um, the experience I've had with nonprofits is people are passionate and and it's that work and nothing else and nothing else matters. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so I would say that that's probably the biggest thing for me is is making sure it, it follows with your values. Yeah, for sure. I think you have to have a passion to be able uh, for what it is the nonprofit is supporting in order to be able to actually work for them and uh, be impactful. And I think, again, like what you'd mentioned about actually kind of going and immersing yourself within a culture or civilization or like an area that you see a need and that you are passionate about can even like also help direct you and kind of give you a little bit more insight into like, okay, should I go and work for this nonprofit? Or maybe that's just like the spark that people need to like take the next step and to shift to that area of work for sure. You know? And, and I was going to say too, I think the, the part of volunteering and interning prior to applying for a job in a nonprofit, when I first joined TWP as an intern, I learned a little bit about development and I learned a little bit about grants. And then I learned a little bit about field work so you kind of get your feet wet on which area you want to focus on because nonprofits vary in the different types of roles, right? right? So I feel like you having that experience prior to applying to a nonprofit, such as volunteering or interning, could give really give you, you know, a, a straighter look at what type of role you want to play in a yeah. nonprofit, whether that's the development role, you want to just write grants and mingle with donors and mingle with people and do all that or if you want to be in the field and do all the project implementation and MLE and 
So to me, that was also really helpful to kind of guide me to, oh, no, I don't think I want to go there. I think I want to try this first. Um, So definitely encourage people to volunteer and intern. I know it's hard, especially coming as as a graduate, you know, most of them are unpaid. But trust me, I think that the experience is, is worth it. Yeah, it's like a rewarding thing. So um, as far as like Treeswater people and the future, uh, do you see that mission changing or how do you see um, the future for Treeswater people? That's a great question. I think our mission is going to stay the same. It's been the same since 1998 and we've stuck with it. Again, like I said, that passion and value is still there and I think it will not change um what does change is the adaptability of projects or necessity or need um, but that whole mission of focusing on people first and how can they become sustainable and have the resources they need is always going to be there um, so for example during covid we had all these projects in place but we had to shift to food sovereignty and health and building cook stoves and everything kind of shifted but still having that same mentality and mission so I see TWP growing with donors. I see our tours growing. I see our audience diversifying. I see younger generations being interested. I see those older generations pass along that information to to younger generations. Um, and we are growing as a team. We, we have a, a, a huge marketing team now. We have a bigger international team, a bigger national team. Our director is incredible. Um, our donors are increasing. Our grants are increasing. So we're still going, but we're just becoming a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, but still maintaining that vision and and holistic perspective and putting communities and partners first above all. So if one grant has a different mission than what we do, we shift and we look for something different, something that ties in with our values. So, So I do see us growing, but the same way we've done for the past 22 years. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that, um, like we talked about, there's a lot of projects that you're doing now. There, I'm sure there will new stuff will come up, right? New new things that we need to to kind of overcome will come up, but I think it will get more refined. But uh, again, I think there's a lot of a lot of people who should just go and check out the projects on the site. Um, I think they do good work, and they they kind of like we had talked about, right? It's it's that impact of you know each of us kind of giving what we can give and helping the people in that own land do what they can do, right? Um, I'm sure there's people qualified, smart people there, right? And we're just kind of doing our part to help them as well. So um, everyone just go check out their social media, their um, their website, um, kind of support them. You know, there's the donate option. Hopefully in the future, you know, we can take some, go on a tour, right? I think that's definitely would be fun as well. Um, um, just just last things is, you know, we we often like to to see great nonprofits. And this is just another one that, you know, we've excited to be on the, the, on the podcast, you know, uh, but everyone go and support and we, we thank you again for the time. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time, Danielle. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. And I'm happy to be here and thank you for giving us a voice. We appreciate it. Hey everyone. We appreciate you joining us and listening to our conversation with Daniela from Trees Water People. It's really great to hear about the impactful work that they're doing and how they're impacting our community with their mission. Yeah, they have a lot of good projects. Uh, like we talked about uh, cook stoves, reforestation, the renewable energy that they do. So um, yeah, you know, go on their social media, go on the websites, um, definitely uh, give them a follow and support. Yeah, and we'll have links to their social media and their website in the description of our podcast. Yeah, and we're really excited for a conversation next week with Abby's House. You can find that podcast available next Monday. This has been Joel and Prince with Giving Connected.